At the end of this month, Pope Francis will travel to Philadelphia for the World Meeting of Families. Uh, The trip will include stops in New York City and Washington, D.C., where the leader of the Roman Catholic Church will address a joint meeting of the United States Congress. Next week, the rather notorious organization Act for America will host a conference in which 14 members of the House of Representatives are expected to participate. Besides featuring the largest bald eagle I've ever seen on a website, the organization also focuses on blaming Islam for most all of the ills of the world today. Bad things happen when either religion or politics are used in the service of the other. To discuss whether we're crossing that line, I'm joined by Rabbi Jack Moline, Executive Director of Interfaith Alliance. Jack, welcome back to State of Belief Radio. It's just like coming home, Welton. Thank you. Oh, well, listen, let's start. This is, this is heavy stuff. Uh, let's start with the ACT Conference. Uh, you issued a strongly worded statement addressing political leaders taking part in this, um, Tell the listeners a little bit about this conference and then uh, why you offered such a serious statement regarding it. So Act for America is one of those organizations that has taken as its mission the denigration of Islam and the people who practice it. It really is a very troubling organization headed by uh, someone uh, who is, who's not a Muslim. She's, she's an Arab, Brigitte Gabrielle. Um, and who claims to have been a victim of, uh, of extremist violence. And I have no reason to doubt her particular story, but she's extrapolated that to a condemnation of Islam and, and all those who adhere to it uh, based on her particular circumstances. She founded this organization in order to, uh, quote-unquote, alert America to the danger that faces them uh, from people who are uh, practicing Muslims and has put together this conference that features a variety of people who are legitimately uh, uh, describable as Islamophobes and has invited and received confirmation from members of Congress, at this point 14 in all, who will be there and participate in this uh, this conference. Uh, It's uh, simply shocking and inexcusable. Well, you know, Jack, uh, bias against people who are perceived to be Muslim continues to be a serious problem in this country. So you set down in the middle of that, this ACT conference, do you think political leaders taking part in a Blame Islam event like this makes anything better or makes it all worse? Well, of course it makes it worse because when you have uh, people who are elected officials, they become validators of any position that they take, even if it's not in the general society, uh, among those who, who are so inclined. Instead of speaking out against stereotypes and biases, they wind up reinforcing them. And the only reason, Welton, that I can think they're doing this is, is for, the, uh, for the votes that they think by appealing to a base of people who include prejudice as part of their values, they will find themselves reelected to the United States Congress. Hmm. And that's very troubling to me. It would be troubling 
from an it's, it's troubling from an incumbent. It would be troubling from a candidate. It would be troubling even from someone who is not standing for office. So is there a call to action for Interfaith Alliance members and our listeners to help discourage their elected officials from endorsing a conference like this with their presence? Well, first and foremost, the call to action is for our listeners to educate themselves. They should know what Act for America is. There's a website. They can, they can follow it. They can see that, uh, uh, that Brigitte Gabriel has, has uh, placed at the very top of that website a quotation from Winston Churchill, uh, who's whose uh, life ended 35 years before the events that she claimed inspired her even began, in which he calls for an opposition to terror. He was, of course, speaking of the bombing of London, not of the uh, World Trade Center. Um, And uh, they need to educate themselves as to what Act for America is all about. And then they need to take that education and share it with, with their elected officials and their candidates for office, so that there's no excuse for somebody saying, well, he didn't know, he, he wasn't aware. And uh, then they have to tell their friends, because the only way that we're going to reduce this scourge of prejudice in our country is if people of conscience speak out. That's well said. I, um, I usually, at the end of an interview, ask to get uh, how to make contact with the organization and website and so forth. I want to do that right now in this instance, because I think it would be very helpful for our listeners to go to the website uh, of ACT for America and then go to the website for Interfaith Alliance and see what those look like side by side. So please tell our listeners uh, how to get in touch with Interfaith Alliance. Well, it's pretty simple. Interfaithalliance.org. Um, it's, it's a long uh, handle, but it uh, takes you to an important place. And uh, if you're willing to take a look at what we have to offer and uh, send us a little contact information, we will make sure that you are kept up to date on everything we're doing. And if in the process you're inspired to support our work, we would be very grateful for that as well. Jack, I, I want to shift from politicians and religion to religion and politicians, if I may. Uh, Pope Francis is addressing a joint session of Congress later this month. I know uh, that both of us have major concerns about this. Uh, I'd like for you to detail your concerns about it. Thanks. Yeah, actually, the two issues um, are, are very much interrelated, although I want to make very clear that I don't make any equivalency between the, uh, uh, the goodwill of, of Pope Francis and the ill will of Act for America. Um, what's at stake here is we have a religious leader who is addressing uh, a legislative body uh, that is constituted under the documents of founding the United States of America. My concern is that out of respect for this great man and his insight into the human condition, uh, the audience is going to forget that they are listening not as members of a church or people seated in pews, but as representatives of the United States of America and the values that it stands for. Uh, whatever Pope Francis says should be understood as, as uh, his representation of what the Roman Catholic Church stands for, which I honor and respect, uh, 
But in the end, the decisions that need to be made in the chamber in which he's speaking have to be based entirely on the Constitution and not on the, uh, not on the suggestions of, of anybody, domestic or, or foreign, who comes to deliver a message that is not 100% consonant with the Constitution of the United States. Jack, I know how well you do this, and so I want to do a hypothetical here. Okay. Uh, if you were the Pope's warm-up act, uh, what would you say to our legislators as they prepare to hear uh, Pope Francis? If I were the Pope's warm-up act? <laughs> well, first of all, I'd probably tell a story about a rabbi and a priest walking into a bar. <laughs> But then I would say to them, you're about to hear from a great man with tremendous spiritual insight. And I hope that the words that he speaks touch your very soul. But when it comes to making decisions about the future of this country, please remember that uh, we are not all Roman Catholics. We're not even all members of the Abrahamic traditions. We're not even all people of faith. But we're all Americans, and we are all depending on you to support and defend the Constitution which is what you promised to do when you took office. Mm. I'd love to hear that right before that speech. <laughs> uh, as a nation, you know, we seem to be bumbling around these issues somewhat with people uh, taking too many things personally. And, and this goes back to uh, Benjamin Netanyahu's address to Congress a few months ago as well. What guidance can Interfaith Alliance offer both voters and leaders on better dealing with these kinds of issues? Because it's, it's really not ideological at all. The same rules should apply to everyone. So I, I think here's where Interfaith Alliance occupies a niche in this conversation that is, that is not being well-filled by anybody else. We really have a unique message there are people who believe so absolutely in the separation of church and state that they are completely opposed to the presence of any voice of a faith community in, in public. We have organizations with whom we find ourselves in coalition who are regularly critical of the entire endeavor of a faith community, of, of religious belief. Uh, they defend that separation uh, well, but with with a bias against the faith component. Mm -hmm. Then there are people who believe that there should be no separation between their particular religious beliefs and the policies of the United States. And they are threatened and frightened by the notion that they might have to give up what they've presumed to be the status quo. Interfaith Alliance occupies the ground that I think is what Jefferson laid out in the Bill of Rights and what uh, the United States government has upheld beautifully over the course of these hundreds of years of the United States existence. And that is that faith is an intensely personal and private matter. And that while the values that we believe in need to be brought to the public sphere, the thing that protects us from having those beliefs compromised is the Constitution that guarantees the same rights and privileges to every member of this country. And we need to take the responsibility to defend those rights and privileges, not just to claim them for ourselves. Mm. That's the message of Interfaith Alliance. Well said, too. Um, while I have you, Jack, I do want to ask 
what else uh, Interfaith Alliance is working on this fall. And, uh, of course, uh, you've already got in one request for funding support. Uh, you're welcome to do that again. <laughs> well, I, I want to emphasize that we have other things that are, that are still continuing, Welton. I know our focus right now is on the Pope's visit and some of the issues uh, that will surround his presentation. But uh, we are still focused on marriage equality, which is now fortunately the law of the land, but is not quite the practice of the land in every corner we look. So our everyone-only campaign is still alive and well, and we hope that uh, particularly in those states that have or are considering Religious Freedom Restoration Act uh, 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 processes, that people will take those to their local merchants and ask them to put them uh, in uh, in their windows, uh, and that's everyone-only.org. You can find that information there. And um, we are, of course, continuing our advocacy for uh, religious freedom. Uh, we are looking at the Equality Act, which has just been introduced and will begin deliberations this fall. And we are looking at the federal Religious Freedom Restoration Act uh, and how it can be um, it can be strengthened to ensure that it is used to protect religious freedom and not abuse religious freedom. Jack, you've been in that office now about eight months. Um, I'm just tickled to death to see that the joy you're having in doing the job and the good way in which you're doing it. Um, I, I used to, to want to go home at night and think about uh, what had happened in that day or in that week or in that month that just made me say, I'm really glad I'm doing this job. I'm curious because, I mean, honestly, you know and I know that there are a lot of days we go home and say, well, that wasn't a very fun thing to do. But uh, what's happened over these eight months that maybe has caused uh, a ripple up the spine or caused you to go home and say, you know, I really am glad I'm doing what I'm doing. So, Welton, you know, and listeners may remember that I spent a lot of years on the board of directors of Interfaith Alliance and, and even as chair of that board for, for a couple of years and um, was always a willing participant in the course that you charted for the organization and was and remain one of your biggest boosters for what you've accomplished. But I don't think I understood from the inside what it really means to read the Washington Post, the New York Times, the Alexandria Gazette packet, and see what's going on in the world and knowing that we have a voice to weigh in on matters that affect the day-to-day lives of Americans, people of faith, people who don't uh, profess a faith, uh, people who interact with other people of faith. It really makes me feel like I am a part of history in the making when I know what we've been doing and what impact it's having on people who want to get married, people who want health care, uh, people who just want the quiet enjoyment of their religious life. Rabbi Jack Moline is Executive Director of Interfaith Alliance. His statement on the Act for America conference and political leaders taking part in it 
is up on our website, stateofbelief.com, and we'll look forward to a message regarding the Pope's visit in the next week or two. Jack, as always, thanks for being with us on State of Belief Radio. Thank you, Wells.